It's 12 and up. Season 12, Episode 1D, with your host, Jonathan Malone, and guest host, Catherine Ray. 12 and Up is a podcast about Christian faith and culture in the modern age. Your host, Jonathan Malone, is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Catherine Ray is the pastor of discipleship at North Shore Baptist Church in Chicago, Illinois. This podcast is brought to you by Cultural Statue of Limitations. At what point is it really just too late to send a thank you note or respond to that email or to say you're sorry? How long can I wait so I don't have to do anything? And by Chapstick. Mmm. Chapstick. And we're back. Chapstick. And yes, I have a lot of emails I haven't responded to and notes I need to send and faux pas I need to admit to and all that stuff. But I, I am I am taking that uh, I'm taking it seriously and I'm gonna wait as long as I can and see if I can go past the statute of limitations for being polite so I don't have to. It's I think a good plan and it's gonna serve me well, no doubt whatsoever. Whatsoever. So today, uh, we're going to hear, or you're going to hear, I've already heard it. It was great. Let me tell you what you're in for. It's fantastic. Uh, inter- uh, conversation that I had with Catherine Ray, the Reverend Catherine Ray. Uh, Catherine is a, as I said, a pastor at North Shore Baptist Church in Chicago. And she has done this wonderful thing. She has curated these just fantastic playlists that go along with the different liturgical seasons. I'm going to try to insert some of the music uh, that we talk about throughout this episode, and I will make sure the playlists are on um, the show notes so that you can go and listen to them and enjoy them on your own. Uh, we're, as, as this recording of the intro, um, we're almost at Lent, so hopefully I'll get it out in time before next Christmas starts so you can listen to Lent and Holy Week and Easter and all that. Um, Catherine did, just really did some amazing work. So I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Catherine Ray, and get yourself some chapstick. I just really like making that noise. It's a fun noise to make. What you into? I'm here with Catherine Ray. Catherine is... Hello. Hey, hey, good. Thanks for existing. Uh, Catherine is the pastor of discipleship at the North Shore Baptist Church in Chicago. That is correct. Yeah. We don't have to talk about what what that means or anything like that. It means whatever it needs to mean from day to day. (laughs) You know, it's it's a target. Yeah. And I roll with it. Good, good. That, That must be so fun for you. It's not, they're never a dull moment. Yeah. Well, some dull moments, which is a relief because if they were, if there were none, I would go crazy, but no, it's a very, it's a very exciting ministry to be in. Nice. Well, and North Shore is a, you know, an historic church, mm-hmm. um, just a real, it's a fantastic, um, yeah, fantastic ministry and legacy within that church. 
So you're, yeah, you stand. Uh, on, yeah, stories. Yes, and we stand on on the shoulders of giants, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And continually, I hope, uh, you know, reinventing that tradition and doing some very exciting things um, for for the gospel. Nice. Well, that's yeah. well, that's good. So your priorities are more or less on task. Because I, I try. Right, because you could be doing new and exciting things for just yourself, or right. you know. <laughs> For who knows yeah, what? For all sorts of things. But no, no, I I, I hope that what we're doing is really um, a historic ministry is in their own right. Yeah, uh, good. That will shoulder someday for future generations to stand on. Well, that's a high bar to give to yourself, huh? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I, I just... What I, bar is there, really? Well, I, you know, I shoot for mediocrity. <laughs> uh, loyal <laughs> listeners of this podcast know that, that I just aim to be just good enough. Let's keep it 80, not 100. No, right? I mean, it's thanks to me. I, yeah. My role is to make people like you look good. Because they'll <laughs> see me and they'll say, hey, Malone, he's all right. Catherine, <laughs> holy cow. She's amazing. See? That's you're, very kind of you. Well, you're welcome. It's not easy That's to be mediocre. First, so really, what are any of us doing at the end of the day? It, if we don't have some people who are average, then where's the rest of us? So that's my calling. Somewhere else on the bell curve. Right, yeah. My calling is to shoot for just middle of the bell curve and be okay there. No, so um, uh, Catherine, you heard about you – know, you're on this podcast in part because I mentioned you a couple episodes ago in talking with Michael Strickland. Yes, and God bless the Reverend Annette Thornburg Owen who mentioned that. And I was like, oh, I was mentioned? <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> and now that Annette's been mentioned, we know for sure she... One, one of the things I'm learning is the way that I get listeners for this show is to mention their names. And if that's what I need to do, if I just need to keep saying names, then I'm happy it's to do that. Highly effective. I know they've said that, um, you know, one of the strategies that the um, some of Donald Trump, President Trump's you know, briefing teams will uh, use is to mention his name a lot of times. Oh, so I know you yeah. see that and you're like, oh, what, what is he, a child that he needs his name mentioned? But actually, <laughs> it may be one of our more human traits that... Yeah, well, uh, I mean, that's what we hear. That's like our selective listening. When we hear our name, we're like, oh, that must be interesting. I was mentioned. Yeah, or, you know, we could reframe that. People say that, uh, you know, someone's name is the most beautiful sound to them. Oh, um, that's nice. Honoring, hearing someone's name is honoring them and seeing them and, 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 and calling to them. So that is something that we want to do as much as possible. Right. For me, it's my name being played on the bassoon. That has to be the most beautiful sound ever. Can you mimic that? I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> you, you, no, you and I both went to Oberlin. I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. It's, well, since you mentioned the bassoon, yeah. I mean, that perfect segue because one of the hallmarks of Oberlin life is bassoon Christmas. Oh yes. Bassoon Christmas is so much fun. I don't know if they're still doing that because the, no idea. I yeah. haven't been in a, in a minute for, for folks, for the listeners and um, just uh, for David Gregg, your <laughs> executive minister, David Gregg, I want to <laughs> remind him first of all, that both Catherine and I went to Oberlin. Um, he needs what? to be reminded of that, but others uh, bassoon Christmas, for those who don't know, is uh, everyone in the bassoon studio at Oberlin. We would all get there. It'd be, you know, between 11 or, you know, 10 to 20 bassoonists, at least one contrabassoon. 
And we would just play Christmas songs in the, in the lobby. And every now and again, at least when I was there, we would just throw candy canes at people. Uh-huh. I don't know if they did that or if they said no more throwing candy canes because someone lost an eye or something like that. But it, it, I, they did it when I was there. Good, good. I'm glad that they continued that they part of the tradition. They were still throwing candy canes. That's important. Yes. Yeah, so... Yeah. I remember one of my standout memories from Bosnian Christians, besides just going and the concept and the sense of camaraderie. Yes. Uh, I forget. They, they, they played some song and I was like, oh, that's from Fantasia. And the person standing next to me was like, it's from Fantasia. It's in Fantasia. <laughs> this is very Oberlin. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Like, actually, it's the Sorcerer's Apprentice by Dukat. That's probably what it was or something like that. Probably. And then you're like, you f- stupid Connie, just let me enjoy the music for a moment. Enjoy, yeah. <laughs> Can you not? Yeah, that's, that's, that's conservative um, not conservative people, but people Conservat- that are studying yeah. the conservatory. Um, that's conservatory people being yes. just music snobs. And, and I'm right there with them. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why we love them. Thank you. They bless their hearts and yeah. then go back to the college. Because really, you know, those of us in the college did not experience the level of critique oh and the need to continually improve in order to even just maintain our standing and our education and, and our, our place in, in the institution. So, uh, it, it was a very different experience. So it, I, I, hard to begrudge, uh, Connie's a certain degree of snobbishness given how hard, right. hard work, which is uh, why now I work. And that's why now I just shoot for mediocrity. <laughs> Cause I said, I'm done. I, I can't do that anymore. You know, even when I play the bassoon now, I'm like, what can I play that's just good enough? That's good enough. Just good enough. So I play a lot of John Williams. Okay. That was a John, that was a, a music burn. Um, and just, I completely Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's a good segue because the reason that that we're chatting is so when I talked to Michael Strickland when your name was was mentioned, um, and not in vain, was that you posted on one of our Facebook groups. This wonderful playlist. I really enjoyed it. I'm uh, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. It oh, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And it was of Advent music. It was your Advent playlist. Yes. And, and part of the reason I really enjoyed it is because I just don't enjoy Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And I know this is Advent music. There's a difference. Uh, but the whole Christmas season, approaching Christmas, and the people that listen know this already, um, I just really abhor it. I abhor the Christmas music. And I get in a very sour mood. And then when I found your list, it was like a breath of fresh air for me for Advent. It was like, oh, this is music that makes sense. Uh, so, you know, that, and it really helped me kind of reclaim a little bit of a, of a sense of the spirituality of the time. And that's, that's so lovely to hear because that's what it was intended to do. I mean, for me personally, when I first put it together, I had no idea of sharing it. Uh, but it, it was, um, that was my, I, have now made playlists for every, uh, liturgical season, but it began with Advent and it began probably 2015 mm. and my first year working at a church and I got to mid December, you know, doing prep on Christmas pageant and all of these things that you do right. when you're a minister with children and youth, um, in your first year. And I thought, wow, I, I don't feel connected to the season. I don't mm. feel to um, the, the spirituality that is unfolding in in this in this time of year, and I needed to just kind of create a space for myself where I could 
absorb it and, and just and just be in that space uh, by myself. And um, and I think as you've mentioned, it, it's tricky because the the world is on Christmas. Um, yeah. At least though, you know, the mm-hmm. the world around me is on Christmas. Um, and in various iterations of that. So you have the secular, you have the, the, um, kind of heavy marketing, the, uh, the, 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 the season of buying gifts and and all of the advertising that that generates. And then the kind of nebulous, um, sense of holiday spirit, whatever that means that, that, that is evoked in that. Right. Then even if you go on, the radio or even like on, on, even if you like Google Advent playlists, it's always Advent and Christmas. They always mix them together. Right. And I wanted to kind of distill the spirit of Advent and what that meant for me. Uh, and, and so that, that was what, uh, you know, generated this, this playlist. And then, and part of that was giving me a space to really sit with some of these themes that are actually quite disturbing. Mm. Uh, quite shaking of end of the world. I mean, that's the first two weeks of Advent is, right. uh, the, is, is apocalypse is apocalyptic texts, apocalyptic texts from, from revelation, from, especially from Matthew, I think from the gospels. Yeah. But the idea of, you know, the, the, these are the texts in which the, the, the sea starts to boil and the moon turns to blood and you don't know the day or the time. And, yeah. uh, we'll be working in the field and one will be taken and the other left and, I hear a great and, movie in this. I think that would be an amazing... Or like, book series, maybe. Or book series. If only someone would write a book series about end times. Just, it hasn't happened yet, has it? Well, you know, I I haven't read the Left Behind series. My understanding is it's a very particular take that isn't always faithful and has some dubious exegetical work. So I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing someone taking another go at it. Well... From a- Exactly rigorous standpoint. I don't know. That well, you, now if, if, with the spare time you have, yeah, copious. <laughs> I'll tell you. Bad. So, and and I want to touch. I want to talk about the other list too. But when I looked at at the Advent list, the the first song. I don't know if the order that you have that I have. This is all on Spotify, folks. And no, it's the order. It's it's, it's the, meant to be played straight through and not shuffled. Oh, good, good, because I did. Yeah. I love that you started with Sinner Man. This is Sinner Man, Nina Simone, and I'll see if I can get recordings of these um, to play in the background. Sinner um, Man, Nina Simone, which is, yeah, first on its own, it's just a brilliant, brilliant song. It goes as long as I want it. I mean, I love how long it is. <laughs> Ten minutes long, yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I mean, she's just going and there's this movement yeah. to it. And I'm like, that, that song, please don't stop yet. Please don't stop. And then when she stops, I'm like, oh. I could have taken 10 more minutes. Well, you know, you can't repeat the song. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, but you got to, you know. No, I understand. I understand. You could have taken 10 more minutes of her. Right. Her but, thing. Oh, yeah. Well, she's just amazing on many levels. So I ran to the river. It was bleeding around to the sea. It was bleeding around to the sea. It was bleeding all on that day. So I ran to the river. But but just also that um, that emphasis 
you know, I, I like how that starts with let's focus on, you know, the Advent isn't this time of the joy of, of preparation and the joy of, there's, there's not joy in that song. Mm-hmm. There, there's there's more of an intensity and introspection that you're called to yeah. with with fear and trembling. Yeah, and there's a sort of chaos to it. Um, the you know the, dun, the the kind of this kind of furious piano playing in the background, yeah. and then you know you're running to the sea and you're running running to the rock and you're running from place to place, and the rocks are not going to hide you. You know, and you're. And it's so interesting because it comes back to um, the line, you ought to have been praying, you ought to have been praying, which feels so, like praying obviously means so much more. Like it's such right. a, a pregnant word. Um, yeah. It's not just, um, you know, kneeling every night and, and, and saying, um, you know, say the Lord's Prayer, whatever prayer before, um, before you go to sleep. Obviously it signifies much more, I think, right. in this context of the world coming apart and you trying to find the you know the sinner man trying to find a place um, in that and find a refuge in that right, which is a brilliant you know commentary just on the season that it's a it's a it's a very hurried season um, yes. for many people that we're supposed to be shopping and doing the cards and the decorations and there is a sense of running and running and running, but but yeah the song speaks to this deeper urgency that one is feeling. And it's and, and we can't cover it up with these platitudes of, of the Christmas season. Right. You know, but rather let's really be honest. I mean, just to start with that was, was absolutely brilliant. Thank you. So well, uh, well done. <laughs> and well and then that first the whole the first set of songs I think almost all come out of black American culture. I mean yeah. you know, I don't you can't be you can't listen to music in the U.S. and not be influenced by right. by black cultures everywhere. It, it, it defines, you know, music in many ways in, in the U.S. Um, but I think part of that, I mean, that song and the songs that follow um, speak to, uh, and certainly Nina Simone and her in her um, oeuvre, yeah. you know, so much to the, the deep injustice and the brokenness of this world. So when she is talking about the sinner man, you know, in this world coming apart, it's not, these aren't, you know, venial sins that we're talking about. This is, um, this is an oppressor, an oppressive world that, that is, that is cracking open and, and falling apart. And, um, and I think those first few songs, um, in terms of getting your house in order, um, And then, you know, with freedom is coming, you know, speak to um, a, a day of reckoning in which unjust realities um, are called to account and, and torn apart in a way that feels that is apocalyptic right. because it, it, it goes down to the very fiber of how we've been created and constituted in relation to one another. I, I love that you, that you have. Yeah, I, I, I think just walking someone through that. I love that you have some Sufjan Stevens tunes in there I, you know i want the listeners to know that this isn't this isn't you know like a s- strictly religious music list or a contemporary oh. christian list so you have some hill song in there you and and you know one of the things that uh i do on on these podcasts is i mean they're always um speaking to what are for me religious themes, mm. but I certainly don't limit myself to, um, because I think a lot of times songs or even performers that are not quote unquote 
religious right. um, can name what for me are religious realities better than um, better than religious performers can or you know singers in 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 the conventional you know contemporary Christian canon. Yeah. You like um, sometimes including songs that are from genres that are important uh, that I don't necessarily connect with, hmm. um, but that there are people in my life that connect with them um, because it helps me connect with the spirituality of my neighbor. I mean, there's a limit to that. I think if right. um, there's songs that I just can't listen to or can't stand, it becomes a stumbling block. Right, right. Experience. But certainly there are songs that um, – are I listen to it, I'm like, oh, that's so cheesy or that's so schmaltzy or I don't necessarily agree with the, the particular phrasing of that of so that, that theological concept. So the Hillsong genre might – is that kind of what you're speaking to or is there something else that yeah. you – I mean, yeah, I, I think about that with Hillsong a lot. Although, I mean, Hillsong is interesting because, again, I, I still do youth ministry and my mm-hmm. youth really like and, and honestly introduced Hillsong to me yeah. more than the other way around. Um, and I do feel like for the praise genre, mm-hmm. it, it tends to be more theologically sophisticated. Well, yeah, they kind um, of, yeah, they kind of set the mold for what's good. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. Mm-hmm. And so. Well, yeah, when I listen to it, it, I have a similar experience to praise music in general that I feel like, oh, this feels kind of cheesy. But then there is a moment when I imagine there's a part of me that needs to let go of the cynicism and the hypercriticism that I carry, that I bring to music, and just fall into the um, the spiritual, emotional um, undercurrent that the song is speaking to. Yes. It, and it is kind of almost like reclaiming an innocence of faith. You know, that, 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 that's, yeah, it's like a naivete. Yeah. Yeah. Naivete is a good, yeah, that's a great way to, to say it. That, so, so those, that genre, I mean, there are some praise songs that I just can't, I just can't do it. Right. Um, but you know, Hillsong tends to be good. You have some Stephen Curtis Chapman that, that gets in that <laughs> same genre. Um, and, and I like, I, I really, I didn't know that they, so you put in things that for other people, that's, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So you're stretching yourself. This isn't just right. a narcissistic endeavor. Right. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't put it in for other people and that I'm preparing this playlist for other people. This playlist is definitely for me. Right. Um, and even after I shared it, I was like, wow, what have I done? You know, this was like a private kind of garden space that I had cultivated for myself and I'm glad I did, yeah. but I, I kind of wondered about the implications of that only after I had done it. Well, it gets but you it, on the it, podcast. That's what happens. Right. Clearly. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I never thought that this would be the thing that would get me on of all the things that I do that would get me on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> But, um, but yeah, but they are to stretch me and help me right. expand my em- empathetic and my, my theological imagination to better include, um, images that, that I hadn't included previously. And the nice yeah. thing about like, a playlist is it, it, it's not a systematic theology, which I don't think, um, life is, or right? my theology certainly isn't, right. um, so I've studied it and it's, it's, you know, having some sense of system. Uh, systematicity can be helpful, but I think, you know, what we have at the end of the day is a box full of tools, is a box full of fragments that don't always fit together, and and having a playlist helps me hold those disparate fragments and be in touch with them, even if they don't all necessarily cohere or fit together. In fact, in some of the playlists, I like to include songs that interrogate uh, interrogate concepts raised by other songs. Interesting. Do you uh-huh. have an Do you have an example of mine? We can yeah. go to a different playlist. 
the one that one that comes to mind is in Lent, oh, uh, which was my favorite playlist. Really, you like you like Lent? I love you Lent. That's <laughs> Lent Holy and, Week. I was all in. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's me. <laughs> that's also very much me. Well, the thing about this playlist, create this, you know, what has become a spiritual discipline for me of creating these playlists and, and curating them, which I never expected, was in especially in the case of Lent it really changed how I relate to the season Hmm. because to me, Lent used to be basically repent by Shaggy. Like that was the, that was what the season was, right? That's a wonderful song. And I, you know, that I stumbled across, um, but you can only listen to it so many times. You're like, okay, I'm ready to move on to something else now. Right. Yeah. So it was sort of one note. Um, and as I sat with it and started adding songs in a very kind of inductive way, um, what I found after I had created it was this sort of swinging between you have repentance and then being caught in grace and then finding the beauty and the brokenness and finding the beauty in the, the limitations and then, you know, going back to repentance. So that like these holding these different themes kind of in tension with each other of grace, of, um, of mercy, right. of, of, of beauty in the mediocrity, you know, to, to draw on this concept, this idea that maybe mediocre isn't so mediocre, maybe there's, um, in falling short, we, we create something beautiful. Um, Right. So is it, and so that is a sense in which you you're saying that one song kind of speaks is is almost a corrective to the theology. The other, like the repent, which that was a great. That's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that song. Check the state of the world we live in. Can't you see it's a crying shame? Leadership fails before it begins. Motivated by personal gains. Tempest flare and patience, we're thin finger pointing, but who is to blame? Repent, 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 repent. That calls to one thing, and then you have like Book of Love, Dar Williams. Um, to get back to that, I mean, there is an ongoing discussion, but Book of Love is really the one that really interrogates what comes before and the sense of is there this script that I have to follow mm. in order redeemed in order to you know if i play a part can i be redeemed um and then ending with you know no matter what the ending is the story of my life is the book of love that regardless of my falling short my repenting my efforts at the end of the day whatever this is it is a book of love right after God of Mercy and Compassion which is right. and which I keep in there I think it's really beautiful but there's a lot they repeat that's all my sins I now regret them never will I sin again which is absurd to me um, and not how any of this works right. uh, and so to, to, to follow that with Book of Love which is, to me that really interrogates that sense of like finding the right path staying on the right path right um, right 
That's I mean that's fantastic. How much um, how much time do you have you spent? Well, actually, let me ask this. I, I mean, it sounds like you spent a lot of time working on this list, thinking about it. Do you continue to to update and change them? I do. I do. And sometimes I'll like put things around for a bit mm-hmm. and then change them back. Um, I remember with Advent, what did I do most recently? I tried um, that last song, The the Wonder uh, by Mary and Grace. Uh, yeah. I, I tried moving it oh, up, Mary, I think, um, to end with what is the crying at Jordan. But the, the thing about the end of the Advent playlist is it's sort of tailored to um, to kind of drop out music and drop out songs so that it ends with just one voice acapella mm. and, and to kind of bring me into this place of silence um, and this place of real simplicity. Christ the Lord With unspeakable unexpected wonder I long to behold I long to behold I long to and there, there are so many different ways that you can put these songs into dialogue with each other. You can do it musically, you can do it thematically, you can do it theologically, um, in terms of genre. And so sometimes I would like try moving things around in different ways, but then I'd keep coming back to it. And usually, and, and the beauty of this whole thing, if, to me, is how inductive it is. And that there is no right answer and there's right. no, um, it's just a purely artistic enterprise, which so much of my life and my, my work is very structured and goal oriented and like, okay, in order to be there in two months, I need to be doing this now. Right. And it's always just a very nice, like antithesis to that, um, to kind of decompensate and just, I may discover I'm done. Um, I was just talking with a colleague and, and I was saying, you know, this ministry that we're on, it's not really a straight line. It's more of a Jeremy Baramy, um, referencing the good place. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's right. Right. Oh boy. But yeah, that, that I, I find myself done for a while mm-hmm. and that I'm not anymore. Um, which is a really healthy kind of perspective to be cultivating in my life. So to share these lists, um, I mean, you said it, it felt it was, there, there was a, it was a, you know, a scary experience for you or something. It, it, it was, yeah. Uh, you know, it, in some ways it was, it was similar to preaching in that when I preach, I share something of my heart right, right. and something of a, of a spiritual journey that I'm on. Um, but, uh, but when you put that out there, then it's out there, mm-hmm. um, can make points and, and, you know, criticize aspects of it. I, um, I could change the order. You could, and I had to, you know, no one, no one has made suggestions of songs or suggestions of order change, but, um, I had to remind myself that like, you don't have to listen to anyone else on this. Like, right, you right. Take a, go make your own playlist. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah forget you. <laughs> but I get that, that I think you're right. It, it does, it, it does feel a lot like preaching where you are sharing a vulnerable, you're making yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, and and I mean I I really applaud the the cr- courageousness you have is you're inviting people into a spiritual dimension of, of you know, or a, a you know a, a corner of your own spiritual practices mm-hmm. and and saying this has been working well for me maybe also for you 
Yeah. Um, well, and, I don't know. I mean, that honestly, I don't know how else we could. It's the best way to support each other at the end of the day, I think, and the best way to kind of pull ourselves together um, as a community, as, you know, as um, right. as body of God or as family. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it was very organic when it happened. It was sort of as spontaneous as the creation of the playlist was. Right. Um, some may say, you know, the, some some may say the Holy Spirit may have been involved in that in some Me. way, but let's I'm not go. Was yeah, <laughs> let's. I, I I think so, um, but yeah, I think that it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, it, this is this is in, in many ways the the, the mixtape. Of <laughs> of today, which was also, you know, when, yeah. yeah, you know, when someone, you know, that's, um, of that age where we did make mixtapes for each other. <laughs> Um, and it was a very vulnerable moment because you were saying, I curated this playlist for you with you in mind, uh, you know, and you're not saying that particularly, but you're saying I've curated, curated this playlist with our, our faith in mind. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to, and, and I want to share it with others because I do think, you know, it's helpful for me, maybe for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This has worked for me. Maybe it will be helpful for you. Uh, have you heard the song mixtape from Avenue Q. No, I haven't. It's a, it's a, I know Avenue of Q. Avenue Q. It's a, oh, yeah. that's one of the more crasser. It is. Yeah. It's uh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, of vulgarity on it. Uh, well then I'll never listen. Because... <laughs> yeah. That's that way it would offend your, yeah. So it, definitely there's a, an adult rating on that, <laughs> but there's a song called mixtape, which is about receiving a mixtape and looking for the messages in it. Yeah. Um, you know, and she made a mixtape. He was thinking of me, which shows he cares. So, so it's the emotion of, of receiving a mixtape. Right. Yeah. I got a mixtape when I was in high school from, from a friend of mine. She was the first clarinetist in an orchestra we played in. And, uh, and it started with the, the beginning of the Mozart bassoon concerto, which for bassoonists, we only have one decent concerto and that's it. That all the rest is kind of, you know, mediocre peplum. And so I'm listening, I'm like, oh, nice. She put in our, she put in our song, my song, the Mozart Bassoon Concerto. And then mm-hmm. when it was time for the bassoon to come in, it was a clarinet. Devastated me. Oh. Yeah, I thought, how dare, how dare she take the one nice thing that we, we have <laughs> and ruin it with a clarinet. With a clarinet. She only let it play for like a couple of minutes and then stopped it and had a voiceover. Like it was a joke. Um, oh okay. Oh, it was actually nice. Yeah, it was yeah. it was endearing. And you know, high school too. I you know, emotions were everywhere, and you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's obviously I'm not over it yet. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I I remember a friend in high school who I've since lost touch with, but making a mixtape of like her own spiritual like songs that had supported her spiritually. That being really important for me on my own spiritual journey, hmm. uh, and I'd never connected that with this whole enterprise, but it's very parallel and perhaps there was a seed of inspiration there. I was just going to ask if you, if you felt that that may have been an under, yeah, a seed of inspiration is probably a nice way to put it. I, I love the, your earlier, you talked about the artistic aspect. Yeah. Uh, this isn't systematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I think that especially for not, not everyone leans this way, but I tend to be more um, academic in my theology. It's kind of how I'm trained. Fair. Yeah, and, and I'm not putting that on you. That's, this is me. Um, that the arts really do 
help you open up this space to, to encounter God in, in, in other ways that might be messy, that might not be as clean cut, that might leave you with ambiguity, that may need another song to kind of temper right. what one song does. Right. I, I, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and invite and invite you to sit in it, right? Like with Nia Simone, you're, you're sitting in it for 10 minutes, whether you, I mean, obviously you can change the song, but whether right. you want it or not, it's not... It's not a statement that you make and you're done. It's a it's an experience that you are invited into for a period of time. So we started with Advent. Um, we jumped to Lent. Do you want to? Is there anything in in the Christmas list that you want to lift up? This was a a challenge for me. I think for similar reasons that for similar things that you mentioned, and that yeah. there's so much Christmas music. Yeah. That I resisted uh, for a time. Uh, actually taking on the challenge of creating one that spoke to me. Mm. Uh, and it took, it took time. It took a couple of years, I think. Like I'll make one. So often, sometimes I'll like make, I'll, I'll just put a bunch of songs that I like in a playlist and then, and then the next year right. I'll come back and revisit it and, and put it into kind of an order. Um, but uh, I mean, there are certainly like you see um some of my kind of travels in, in Latin America in terms of, uh, so the, where is it? The Cristo de Palacaguina, um, which to me is the, um, like mm. the, the announcement song. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I lived in, um, I lived in Nicaragua for, for a year and a half and I've been, I've been there several times. I've probably been there about two years in That's total. Fine. And um, El Cristo de Palacaguina is a song by a, a Nicaraguan folk singer named Carlos Mejia Godoy. Um, and it basically imagines the birth of Christ as if it happened in a small town in Nicaragua and um, uses a lot of very kind of colloquial Nicaraguan expressions mm. and, and and all of the people around like come and bring all of their, their buñuelos and their different kind of Nicaraguan, their, their, their cooking and their gifts right. to a child who was born in Palacaguina oh. um, yeah. uh, to uh, Maria Chepe. Uh, Chepe being um, uh, 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 nicknamed for Jose Joseph. Oh, okay, good, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I was just going to nod in agreement with regards to you, but thank you for unpacking that Como una aurora de medianoche Los maizales se prendieron Los quebraplatas se estremecieron Llovió luz por Moyogalpa Por Telpaneca y por Chichigalpa yeah, so I, I get that there's some, and then there's a lot of theological, and like Navidad sin pandereta, I I, just, I uh, learned in the same, which is the last song on the, the playlist, so it, right. it bookends with my time in Nicaragua in some ways. Um, is it's so it's Christmas without uh, the tambourine. Uh, although actually, when I first heard this song, it was in this. Um, the, in Managua, there is a cultural center called um, in Batola, the neighborhood of Batola Norte. So it's the the Batola Norte Cultural Center, mm-hmm. and they um, every week do a, a, a the Misa Campesina, the Campesino Mass. Okay, which is a mass kind of direct that comes out of the experience of poor rural workers 
Mm. And the music comes out of that experience. It's very like liberation theology infused. Right. Um, so the, the version that they sang was actually Navidad sin estruendo. So like Christmas without a great noise, which is what the pandereta represents, but I guess they didn't want to throw the the pandereta is a tambourine. Okay. Um, so uh, they didn't want to throw the tambourine under the bus. So <laughs> they said Navidad, the Christmas without a you know a, a great noise rather than Christmas without a, a tambourine. A Belén se va y se viene caminando. A Belén se va y se viene preguntando. A Belén nadie va solo. El camino es nuestro hermano. A Belén se va y se viene por caminos de alegría y Dios nace en cada hombre que se entrega a los demás. A Belén se va y se viene por caminos de justicia Um, to Bethlehem, people are coming and going by pathways of justice, and people um, discover Bethlehem in their hearts when they learn um, how to hope, um, what to for. And the, the verses are, they were hoping for a king, and then he was born in a manger. They were hoping for a warrior, and peace was his war. Um, they're hoping for a leader, and he was a servant. Um, so learning what to hope for. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful now I'm wondering, so that this one ends moving towards the silence again, you know, Christmas without the, the tambourine yeah. or without the, um, the, the Lent one and, or sorry, Advent one ended with moving towards silence. Yeah. I, I wondered sometimes if, I think both of those, um, playlists start kind of big and then work their way kind of more quiet. I think as I, right. I, as I started to put the Christmas playlist in order, there was a sense of people coming from all over the world, um, from mm-hmm. all these cultural traditions to like celebrate, um, the birth of Christ. You know, you have the, um, the kind of Northern, the European folk, uh, Christmas hymns, right. um, the black American gospel, the, um, these songs from, from Nicaragua and from, from Latin America kind of all coming together and then all kind of settling down and like letting the baby sleep basically. Um, and then, and then nice. it, the lullaby section, um, about two thirds of the way through and then right. it kind of, well, cause the, then your epiphany list ends with go tell it on the mountain. Yeah. Which is not a quiet. No, no. um, that one this past year saw a lot of, changing around and um because i just created it last year oh okay uh, I just created a 50 place and it really isn't even, i mean epiphany is not a season it's there's some argument as to whether it is but sure what the is. playlist yeah. is, <laughs> is is um it, it's actually it's technically christmas but it's christmas right. after christmas day right um so it's all of those little it's holy family uh, massacre of the innocent infants right which is probably a, a good third of the playlist is songs related to Massacre of the Innocent Infants. Um, Holy Family, uh, what a beautiful name yep. uh, is for um, the January 1st is the holy name, celebrating the holy name, the naming of Jesus. Right. Um, and then, so those are the kind of the big, the big three holidays of that is about, 
And Go Tell Out on the Mountain initially was the first one yeah. in the play. And it was, um, I think, Smokey Robinson. Somewhat, it was a different version. Okay. Um, but then I kind of reorganized it, um, largely inspired by sitting with uh, what the Massacre of the Innocent Infants hmm. uh, kind of represents. And then obviously, not obviously, but um, there have been... There's a, a lot of putting it into conversation with modern day stories of migration because uh, these stories, Oh, the Magi, yeah. that's the big one. That's the other big one. Oh, right, um, yeah, that's the, the Magi that's in this. Um, and these are, these are stories of migration, right? right. The, the flight to Egypt, the, the, um, the journey of, of the Magi to visit Jesus. And so, um, and then you have King Herod getting terrified and killing a bunch of children and that, prompting right. Joseph and Mary to flee their home. And um, so Josh Ritter, the, the, the piece by Josh Ritter, um, kind of casting it in the modern, um, as if they were coming from Central America right. to migrate into the U.S. Um, is this the epiphany? Uh, the, the Gospel of Mary? That is that the Gospel song? Gospel of Mary, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By dark of night, Joseph and my boy and I all the gunmen were asleep We slipped into the forest We left everything behind Joseph and my boy and I Took only what we had to keep In the hopes they would not find us We prayed our prayers, we broke our bread With others who ate even less Finally all we had were dreams And we hoped that they would fill us We lived on roots in the bark of trees Joseph and my boy and me Drank the water from the stream And hoped it would not kill us And yeah. then um, Song of the Magi, which Anais Mitchell wrote years ago, it, it is very parallel. There, there, there were a couple times I was wondering if Joshua was actually sampling it a little bit. The do 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 do. But I, you know, I don't have a, a, a good enough ear for that. But. Um, She she was in um, Israel Palestine and Egypt, I believe, kind of doing study abroad, and they put a wall. She wasn't in Bethlehem, she, but she was close, right. and she heard the news that they they, they had put up a wall in in Bethlehem. Mm. Um, they they had turned it into a checkpoint, and then the, she says the song kind of wrote itself. Um, it's so interesting to me how these themes repeat themselves over yeah. over time. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's so and. The, the, the Massacre of the Innocents is something that I think, at least I know I overlook it often in my own liturgical rhythms, because mm-hmm. that's like the Sunday after Christmas. Right. And the Sunday after Christmas, I do a hymn sing, because I just really don't want to preach. 
Right. And that's and I know that's kind of selfish, and but it's also just realistic. Like I, yeah, I, yeah, giving you my all, I just can't. Mm-hmm. But I, it is a significant part of the story that is not really mentioned. Yeah, you know, as I was creating this playlist, it it, it caused me to reflect on how different. Luke and Matthew are in terms yeah. of the, the the spirit of their infancy narratives, because Luke, right. um, you know, there's the Annunciation to Mary, there's the the, the Magnificat, the the Annunciation to the the shepherds, they come and then yeah. they take him to the temple to be, um, you know, to, to to dedicate him, and you have the two prophets there. Um, so there's a lot of um, joy, you know. Yeah. There's and a lot of singing, a lot of songs in in, yeah, in the loop. Lots of songs, yeah. A lot of uh, pronunciations that are very hopeful. Yeah. And he was kind of is terrifying in a way if you read it. And there's a lot of fear. I mean, you know, there are, there's fear with the shepherds. You know, do right. not be afraid. But like with um, with Matthew, first Joseph is afraid that you know. Right. Because he gets this news that his wife is pregnant, and then they find out that um, Herod wants to kill their child, and so they flee, and then Herod kills all of these children, right. come back, but they're still afraid because there's a, a new king who's in Herod's place, so they settle in Nazareth, they don't go back to, you know, they don't go go back to where they had initially intended, Um so and then you know the 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 magi have to flee by a different road because um, Herod is mad at them right. because he um, yeah you're right it is terrifying I mean that's why well it's a horror it, it's a yeah. it, there's a thriller in it um, it's it's terrifying yeah I don't uh, let my kids read Matthew because I think it's too scary for them it's very scary yeah I say I told them read, read Luke or John or Mark but no Matthew yeah. you're not old enough yet. Yeah, and there's um, in, and later on certainly that that theme continues. But um, yeah, I remember going into the nursery, on I think it was Massacre of the it, it, was, it maybe was this, the day of the the on Epiphany. Yeah, and like yeah, we were listening to like the Christmas story, and then we had to change it because they started talking about killing children. Oh yeah, yeah, those poor like, babies. Uh, Epiphany is a the scary, the scary. Which day. yeah, it and it's an over. It's overlooked. I'm glad that you have an epiphany play- playlist mm-hmm. because we do tend to just kind of gloss over the whole season of epiphany, mm-hmm. you know, miss the day. I mean, so, but I, I like that you bring in not just, oh, it's nice. The, the wise men or the magi come and they bring gifts. And isn't that wonderful that you're bringing more of the depth of that whole, of that narrative in there? Yeah. It definitely this year, I, I felt like I was able to sit in the ambiguity and all of the multiple themes that come out in the Christmas season after Christmas Day yeah. um, in a way that had it previously. It's interesting, you know, because these they're not in. Um, I mean, obviously, Matthew and Luke are distinct. They have right. their own story to tell. Yeah. But um, when you put them into this calendar, it's it goes like it's it's not necessarily a logical so like the massacre of the infants is like the 28th and right. then you have the the naming on the 1st and then later is the magi it's it's kind of a strange order but and and then you have you also create an order when you're doing a playlist right that you're kind of moving through these different stories right 
And um, the story that ended up kind of emerging, because there's it's primarily Matthew that you see in this, because it's it's the Magi and the Massacre of the Infants. Right. Um, and but then there's there's two songs that are a nod to um, Luke, which is what a beautiful name, and Nunc Dimittis, which is um, Simeon, yeah. the song Simeon. Right. Yeah. Now let your servant go in peace. Right. And um, the, the what what came out of that for me, and usually the meaning comes after it's been created. Mm. Uh, is a sense of like we have gotten through of celebrating getting through this time of of terror and and through the flight and the persecution and celebrating you have been named like you have made it through this and yeah. received a name and of course saying that conflates two stories and that you can talk about what, what you want about order but that was kind of the the spirituality that emerged from it for me um what was this idea of celebrating that even that you, Jesus, as a child, have already been through so much and right. you have gotten the name and what a beautiful name it is. That's fascinating that, I mean, that the meaning comes out after the fact for you. Yes. And, and so Not, there's a lot of intuition, it sounds like, I mean, or, you know, I would say Holy Spirit's moving as well, but that a lot of like, this feels right, this feels appropriate. And, and I'm sure. Um, yep. That's often how it works. I've actually preached sermon. Like, I remember once I preached a sermon on something that I had said in a prayer that I was like, oh, that's interesting. What was the phrase? Reeking blessing. Mm. You reek blessing in our lives. I said that during a prayer and I was like, what does that mean? That just fell out of my mouth. And then it was a whole sermon like a few weeks later. Wow. I mean, that's, so I, yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. That's, I yeah. mean, that, that sense of, of surrender mm-hmm. that you have, but also awareness in the surrender. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Sorry. And that's, again, like I said, that's, that's in balance because a lot of my job is programmatic and programmatic. Right. See, there's a lot of strategic thinking and, and plan B's yeah. um, and plan C's and what happens if this happens. Right. And so these spaces of renewal, the, this, and I, which is what I try to, to, to bring to preaching is much more inductive and trusting and, and really trusting that what comes up that that there's an abundance of meaning that is inside me and around me. Mm. So whatever comes up and comes out, I can trust because it's not like meaning is so scarce um, that I could get on a wrong track and end up in a completely wrong place right. that is nourished of any any spirit or any meaning. That's really trusting it in in a sense of call as well. Then, I mean, yes. I, think, I think it can be expanded. I think everyone can find that level of trust in the places where they inhabit. But mm-hmm. as you know, as, as uh, clergy, there is this trust um, of of our sense of call. I mean, I I don't know about your your preaching style or or preparation, but I spend a lot of time working on my sermons. You know, before mm-hmm. I preach, I really do. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's not because I have this perfectionist. I'm still shooting for just an average sermon. Don't don't get me <laughs> wrong. You know, but I want it to be the yeah. I want it to be the best average sermon ever. Um, yeah, just sit with that for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a danger of over-preparation where if, if I have everything so particularly measured and, and written and, and have no room for flexibility, mm-hmm. um, then I could be suffocating the spirit. Yeah. I mean, you could argue, like, well, the spirit's part of the preparation process. And yes, definitely. Absolutely. But, but there's something in the moment. 
Um, yes. That's really when you have the when you're there with the other and when it becomes a participatory event, when preaching becomes a participatory right. event. And so then I have to there does need to be this aspect of trusting that. All right. Now I'm going to let go and trust that who I am is worthy enough to be able mm-hmm. to stand here and offer something and that it's going to be good. Yes. And, and that's what I hear you saying with, with your prayers, with your preaching, and, and even like plan A, plan B, plan C, and especially with these playlists for you to say, it's going to be good. Right. That's fantastic. Right. And also, yeah. And I, I, I don't necessarily resonate with like good and bad because it's so, I oh. mean, even with friends, right, I feel like I can leave a server to be like, oh, that one didn't, right. didn't do it. But then someone, I said something that really connected with someone. Right. Oh, yeah. That's meaningful for them so it's it's not a um yes. not exact um right, i still right. to be honest pentecost i don't i'm still struggling yeah with. where's your pentecost list didn't i send it to you oh i don't think right? maybe if, if you did i didn't load i didn't pull it up then that's fine um i'm still trying to figure out and i'm i'm still sitting in it and, and trying to find a narrative and and, and there's still those separate themes yeah I found some songs that i really connect with and i think convey pentecost but I, that idea of having a a multiple themes in con in conversation with one another and sit in that space I'm still I'm still working on, which is kind of ironic because I think Pentecost was actually the second one that I started. Oh okay. I was like dates when I started adding songs and um but yes, yeah, so that one's still a, a work in progress for me. Um I'm sorry I don't have the Pentecost list up. I'm looking for it now but because I was like, oh this one's not half baked still. <laughs> well it oh there it is. You did send it. For some okay. reason, I just didn't emphasize it. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. It's not. It wasn't on my other Spotify list, but um, so I didn't get to spend time with Pentecost, which is which is really too bad because I really like Pentecost. There's still time. Yeah, there is. There is. Not for this episode, though. I'm not. I mean, after once we're done recording, I'm gonna delete all the yeah. list and walk away, never having thought about it again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I accept that. Well, I like, I mean, that deliberateness does still speak to, you want it to, you you want it to be meaningful. I do. Yeah. yeah I don't want it to be, like, I wouldn't, I, I'm not one to just load an entire album onto, because I like the artists, like every right. song I listen to and, and try to have a sense of placement for every, so, every song. So when you did the Holy, the Holy Week, how hard was it for you to not just do the whole Jesus Christ Superstar Um, soundtrack? well, so- I uh, creating this playlist was actually when I first like really listened to Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, okay. Was not familiar with it growing up, or you know, didn't do it in high school, anything like that. Right, right. So um, it was in creating this that I really kind of listened to it because I I went to your standard go to like uh, you know Holy Week um, musicals, and I think. What ended up there? There was more on it, I think, before. Then I kind of winnowed it down. But um, I think what what really struck me about what what I liked most about Jesus Christ Superstar was the depicting of the setting of the scene and yeah. all of these forces around Jesus um, and these competing interests and these concerns, um, and, and and the way the the way it paints that. Right. Uh, as being the most, just just a really really powerful kind of contribution. I think it, there's there's a certainly a even theologically significant. Um, yeah. Uh, it's work. It's I love it. I mean, the musical I grew up 
listening to it. I'm not a fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm not really a fan of musicals, first of all, but the ones that are good, I really do appreciate and enjoy. Um, so, so for me to get my a musical recommendation. For yeah, you can you can shoot me some, you know, you know, outside of this, you know, um, that that's fine. Yeah, educate me about musicals. That's fine. Um, I will not get into Oklahoma, no matter how hard you try. Fair. Or South Pacific. Um, well, those are a particular. I know. That's... <laughs> And, and Gilbert and Sullivan's out too. Just so you know that that's also. I, I can accept that. Okay, good, good. As long as we're. What are your feelings on Hamilton? Oh, it's good. I haven't really gotten. I don't have the soundtrack. I mean, I've, but I've heard enough of it. It's in the zeitgeist enough that it's hard to avoid. It's avoid, right? That's why I ask. And, and the stuff I've heard, I'm like, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> but Jesus Christ Superstar, like, I grew up singing that again and again and again. Yeah, absolutely love that musical. And so it must be good because I don't like Andrew Lloyd Webber otherwise. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's absolutely fair. Um, so I mostly took uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, those kind of some of the earlier songs that set yeah. the stage. Um, and then once you get farther, because I think that that's its real contribution and the, um, in terms of the to the to the genre of Holy Week music. And then once you get into like the... Um, the, the Last Supper and all these different, I think there's a lot more right. work in there, a lot more, you know, songs and different that kind of communicate that. So with Holy Week, I kind of, like, different sources have different segments of the story. Right. Um, in a way, so um, Jesus Christ Superstar kind of sets the scene, yeah. and then um, Johnny Cash gets the, yeah. the Last Supper. Um, yeah, well, why not? Right. right, right, and that was one of those things where I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Johnny Cash or country music, but there was something about the spirit of it that I recognized and I connected with, yeah. um, and so I brought that that in, um, and then there, you know, some Godspell kind of sprinkled in, right. um, and there were a few pieces that I wanted to add to kind of, um, again, for that 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 dialogue, um, like after Simon the Simon's Lotus poured Jerusalem. Uh, you know, it ends with the line, um, neither you, John, nor the Romans, nor the Jews, nor, nor the scribes, nor the twelve, um, nor the 50,000, nor Port Doom Jerusalem itself, understand what power is, understand what glory is, understand it all. And I wanted a song that would communicate what is power. Okay, so what is the gospel vision of power? And the song that I I chose and that communicated to that for me was Sweet Honey in the Rocks, Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that i 
Yeah. Um, so that's why that's that's what that does there. Yeah, which it's a uh, yeah, that, that's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful song. Um, are you working on any lists, any new lists now? No, um, I'm kind of out of season. I guess I'm still working on Pentecost a little bit. I'm trying to. Uh, uh, Do you need us to come up with new liturgical seasons? We can update the liturgical yeah. calendar. I suppose I'm still working on. I, I suppose ordinary time, like the ordinary time that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, between uh, between Epiphany and and the start of Lent, I have a playlist that is so random at this point. I don't know what it is, so I haven't shared it. Um, although being at North Shore mm-hmm. um, has turned this time of year into really like it's. I mean, it's it's civil rights high holy season. It's it's, it's Black Heritage Month. Right. It's and that actually ended up impacting the Holy Week playlist because last year, um, for the first time, there uh, uh, one of the the singers in the choir in the English chancel choir um, curated a, and developed a concert called Hearing in Color, out of which he was actually able to launch a nonprofit. Mm. Hearing in Color um, celebrates music written by artists of color as performed by um, music by composers of color as performed by classically trained um, artists of color, because you probably could speak to this better than I, I can, but um, Rob Payton is his name mm-hmm. um, said, you know, I went through music school and we didn't, we didn't perform these works. We didn't right. hear them. We didn't learn about them and they're, right. they're incredible. And there are several songs that actually came into the Holy week playlist out of that concert. Um, so the, the hearing and color concert featured Adrian Dunn and the Adrian Dunn singers. And Adrian Dunn is an amazing composer who has taken a kind of classic spirituals and put them in dialogue with modern um, experiences of injustice. So the one that I put in this playlist, I open my mouth to the Lord is dedicated to Eric Gardner. And oh. if you, again, you can hear, yeah. you can hear the gasping and, um, and you can yeah. hear gasping up to the last breath. Um, so I took that song that becomes the crucifixion song wow. um, after, um, after I only want to say uh, in, in the playlist. Yeah. So th- that concert series really ended up impacting uh, my my Holy Week playlist, but also it's starting to that. And then we do a, an MLK series. So there's a whole right uh, this time of year um, in this particular context is starting to give shape to ordinary time as um, you know as, as a season of um, of celebrating blackness, celebrating black excellence. Um, that's excellent. And so that's starting to get formed to order. And so that yeah. might give form to a, a playlist that will come out at some point, but it's still, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. I love that the way in which you just are open to the influences and where you are and what's happening and, and then say, how do I, it, it's almost, how do I express what's happening, you know, where I am right now or what's happening, you know, through these, through these songs and the playlists emerge. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. My my playlist for the ordinary season is just uh, minimalist music. So um, Terry uh, Steve Reich, Terry Riley, Philip Glass. I'm just creating this kind of white noise in the background. That's <laughs> ordinary. Yeah, just yeah. It's not even ordinary. It's just it's just the re- repetitive chords, little cells of music, just enough to kind of cleanse everything. That's my ordinary. I won't put that playlist up though. Right. It's 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 too intense for most people. 
<laughs> I'm sure is more than I can handle. <laughs> yeah. It'll put most people to sleep. That's the problem. <laughs> a need for some of us. Right? We'll sleep later. We have too much to do. There's no uh, time for sleep. God, sleep is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine, I really, uh, I mean, when your Advent playlist was uh, like uh, a shaft of light in a time for me that was just really wonderful. And, and, and that meant a lot for me. I'm so and, glad. And yeah, I was so, so, you know, mission accomplished for you. What it did for me, I'm glad that sharing it was able to do for others. Yeah. So I, and I will, like I said, I'll post the links or just put the lists up um, for these others. I encourage people to, um, to take a look at them. And I would love to, you know, when, as we, you know, come back and, and really uh, deconstruct one of the lists, like take more time just in one list. Cause I think there's, there's just yeah. so much in there. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to make sure we touched on, on, on all of them a little bit, but uh, I think that would be really cool. Um, yeah. Do you no. have any, uh, do you have any self promotion you want to make sure is shared? Yes. Speaking of hearing and color. So I mentioned how that impacted the Holy week. Yeah. List. If you're in the Chicago area, February 29th at 7 o'clock p.m., so that's a Saturday evening at 7 p.m. at North Shore Baptist Church, we will have our second um, Hearing in Color, con- second concert presented by Hearing in Color. It is entitled A Journey Unsung. I'm just going to quick pull up. The, the, the description is so good, so I okay. just want to pull it up. Okay, so Hearing in Color on February 29th will present the concert entitled A Journey Unsung. Um, and according to the, the Facebook event page, which I encourage you to check out, A Journey Unsung takes a musical look into the absolute spiritual strength of a people ensnared in an inexorable place determined to find home. Spirituals often tell the story of a voyage to a promised land. Come and join Hearing in Color as we explore the emotional, spiritual, and physical journey of Black Americans from Africa to present-day North America. Mm. So that will be, I'm sure, an amazing event. It was last year, and I would invite everyone in the area to to check it out. I will I will try my <laughs> hardest to, to get this out before the 29th. There's a good chance it won't. Okay. Um, but I will tell people, go check out the Facebook page anyways. Go check out Hearing in Color, Hearing color. Yes. because they'll do another concert. That is true. And they might, there, there is uh, material from last year's concert on their, their website Good. and probably from this coming one will be up there as well. So definitely check that out. Good. And any other self-promotional? You don't have a website or anything like that? Oh, I don't. Uh, North Shore Baptist Church has a website. We're on Facebook. Okay. Um, lots of interesting things. And what's the, what's the worship schedule at North? I know you have a multiple worship services. So what's the yeah. worship schedule? So, uh, Spanish worship is at 9.30 a.m. Uh, English is at 10. They, they all have their own spaces, so right. they overlap. Um, uh, Karen worship, which is in uh, Karen, which is an ethnic minority from Burma, takes place at noon. And okay. Japanese worship is at 11 a.m. So if you're in Chicago, go to North Shore Baptist yes. on Sunday and just show up and pick up some worship. Yeah. yeah. Just just the go. To, yeah. And, and maybe you'll find the worship service where Catherine is. Maybe yes. not. I, I float between worship services on Fantastic. Sunday morning. Um, I preach in both English and Spanish. So, uh, so you might find me in either one of those. That, there you go. If, if So, yeah, please go. 
you know, go visit North Shore, say hello to Catherine, say that I heard heard about you on the podcast. And if yeah. you do that, you get a cup of coffee during the fellowship time. Podcast, yes. yes. And probably a cookie. And I, well, I, I can hand you a cookie personally. Yeah. Here, have this cookie. <laughs> it hasn't been touched by children yet. Enjoy. I guarantee that. <laughs> yeah, I, I never get, every time I get there, the food's already gone. It's all, already been eaten. I'm like, oh, well. Uh, if you're in East Greenwich, or sorry, no, if you're in Rhode Island, anywhere in Rhode Island, come to the East Greenwich First Baptist Church. Our worship service is at 930. We only have one because, again, shooting for mediocrity. No, it's just who we are. Nothing wrong. Small churches are... Hey, we're... Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I I love my people. It's a good church. Yeah, no, small churches are... um, are, can do mighty things that large churches cannot. Yes, that's a good... That's a great way to put it. Uh, So, and... Yeah. So, Catherine, thank you very much for for sharing this all this po- and being on the show. Thank you so much. What you into? And there it is, the conversation I had with Catherine Ray. I I really hope you enjoyed that. I I enjoyed it a lot. Uh those playlists are just fantastic. And I'm sorry I didn't get this out before Lent started, but, um, you know, it's not too late to restart Lent. Restart Lent. That's going to be a new slogan of mine. Let's restart Lent together. We can make Lent start all over. I'm going to stop before I start to just parody other campaign slogans. I just don't want to do that today. I just, I just can't. But if you go to the show notes, of uh, this episode I will have the links there for um, all those playlists that Catherine put together and if you miss Lent there's one for Holy Week one for Easter um, uh, Pentecost all that fun stuff so I hope you do that in fact I hope you go to the show notes so you can see the notes from this show and previous shows and you know and other things that that i work on that i'm doing that kind of thing there's fun fun stuff everyone's having a blast on the show notes uh go to itunes rate and like the show let it's your best way of getting the word out of helping to support the 12 enough endeavor to that which i do um Please send me a note about this show. You know, I'll pass anything on to Catherine. If you want to say, hey, I love the playlists, I love the stuff that you pick, send that to 12enough at gmail.com. The show page is 12enough.com. Comments are 12enough at gmail.com. Facebook is Facebook slash 12enough.com. All is written out. 12 is written out. And uh, make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you get plenty of sleep. Take care of yourselves. And thank you very much for listening. is a podcast about Christian faith and culture in the modern age. Your host, Jonathan Malone, is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Catherine Ray is the pastor of discipleship at North Shore Baptist Church in Chicago, Illinois.
the thoughts, ideas, opinions, ruminations, moments of brilliance, the music that's played, the music that wasn't played but referenced to, the music that we you wish you heard but it just wouldn't have worked, and anything else that might have been referenced or invoked or in, in bodied or anything else on this show do not represent the churches, the families, the denominations, the places of worship, the places of not worshiping, and anything else that's related to the hosts. These are their ideas. This was their podcast. How was that? Pretty good? Yeah? Can we call that a day? Or you want to do it again? 